Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I have uh, my good friend, Congressman Al Green, uh, on, uh, on the line, and thank you so much. We, um, we found out we live in the same neighborhood, ran into him at the grocery store, I'm, <laughs> and um, appreciate you coming on, and, and when you told me that you were introducing a resolution to designate August 20th as Slavery Remembrance Day. Yes, sir. Um, I, I said, well, we got to we got to do a show on that because I don't I don't ever I, I never thought about that. But th- thank yes, you. And good morning. How are you, sir? I am better than I deserve. And as uh, one free black man to another, I want you to know I appreciate the fact that you are outspoken. You not only will speak truth to power, but you speak truth about power. And uh, this uh, opportunity to talk about Slavery Remembrance Day is something that I cherish. So thank you so much for having me on. Why? Um, what? Why? I mean, uh, it, it, what's the purpose of Slavery Remembrance Day? And the reason I ask, because there would be some people who say, well, we ought to just, you know, let's get beyond that. We ought to forget about that. Yes, they do say that, but uh, just for edification purposes only, uh, many of them are not saying that about 9-11 remembrance, and there is a 9-11 remembrance, there's a Pearl Harbor remembrance, and uh, I am honored to associate myself with a Holocaust remembrance. Uh, We should never forget the horrors of the Holocaust. So uh, the purpose of our slavery remembrance is to commemorate, not celebrate, but to commemorate the lives that were lost, uh, to tell the truth about the horrors of slavery, not allow it to be whitewashed, not allow people to conclude that black people were prized and that they were well taken care of. Many of them would work from sunrise to sunset and well after or before, and they were not properly nourished. Uh, many of them did die before, for a lack of nourishment. They were property, but they were not treated as the prizes and something that they were proud of, like a, a prize uh, animal. Uh, some of them were. But also we have to talk about who the real heroes were. John Brown was a hero. John Brown tried to liberate black people. We ought not forget that. And many people don't know the ethnicity of John Brown. We have to tell people so that they'll know. We've got to talk about Nat Turner. Nat Turner was a hero. But Robert E. Lee was not a hero. He was a rebel. He was the person who wanted to enslave black people, keep them enslaved. That was the cause that he fought for. So the truth about it should be told, and it's to commemorate, not celebrate. I honor Juneteenth. That's a celebration of our liberation. But this is about the people who lived and died and so that we might have this opportunity to a certain extent, but they suffered. It is true that the slave ships that brought us here, that sharks would follow the ships, because bodies would be thrown overboard and they would feast upon them. These are the kinds of horrors that we have to talk about. We cannot allow the true history of slavery to escape us, escape us because it is true. Those who fail to learn the lessons of history can repeat the lessons of history. So we want to make sure that we, uh, we, we have this opportunity to let the world know that slavery was a horrible institution. And we chose uh, the date, uh, in August, uh, because yeah, August twentieth. Why August twentieth? Yeah, August twentieth, sixteen nineteen. Because that's the date that the White Lion 
uh, a ship landed here in the Americas with the first 20 African slaves. Now, there are some people who might debate the date, uh, but that's generally accepted. So we start there. We start with the genesis of it. And while people call it our, our uh, original sin, I, I call it our seminal sin. It's just true it's the original sin, but it's seminal sin. It's the one that changed everything. Everything changed when they brought those 20 slaves here, and to this day, we have not atoned for that. That's why I have another resolution for a Department of Reconciliation, because we have not reconciled in this country, and until we reconcile, we're going to continue to have these chasms that we cannot span. And it's time for us to seek reconciliation. Andrew Johnson, and you're a historian, Andrew Johnson was the president that followed President Lincoln. Lincoln was on the path of reconciliation. Andrew Johnson did not want black people to have the same level of freedom as white people in this country. I'm just speaking the truth. And as a result, he did everything he could to thwart the liberation and freedom of black people. And we have not been able to overcome the things that Andrew Johnson set in motion. We went from slavery to convict leasing. We had black codes. We had all sorts of obstacles, including lawful segregation you and I have lived through. You and I know what it's like to go to the back door. We know what it's like to sit in the back of the bus. We know what it's like to be treated like a second-class citizen in a first-class country. So this is what it's all about, commemorating what happened to us starting on August 20, 1619. Now, this would be, uh, and, and was, uh, my guest is uh, Congressman Al Green, who serves Texas' 9th Congressional District in the Houston area, and also veteran civil rights advocate, a former president of the Houston branch of the NAACP for 10 years. Um, let, let, it, this is a resolution. Would this be, just because people are going to ask, it, would this be a national, uh, I'm sorry, a federal holiday? No, I, I, I don't ask that it be a holiday. Uh, we have to, this is something important to us. This is something that we should recognize. Uh, we want it recognized by the Congress, uh, just as other Remembrance Days have been recognized by the Congress. Uh, it's in the House, pass it in the Senate, and then the president signs it. That's the recognition of the country. The country says, yes, we recognize that it's important to commemorate the lives of people who died uh, at the hands of slave masters. Yes, and it was lawful in this country to hold them at that time. So we want to make sure that we recognize it. And I have a, a program that we have put together uh, such that on August 20th of 1619, just to give you some example, at 12 noon, because 12 noon is the time when you're moving from the morning of life to the evening of life, the sunset of life, in a sense. So at 12 noon on August the 20th, wherever we happen to be, we stop and we, for a moment of silent solemnity, place our hands over our hearts, right hand over heart, and for just a moment of silence, silent solemnity is what I call it, think about those who suffered and on whose shoulders we stand, truth is on whose backs we stand to a certain extent because they were working uh, all of their lives. They died born to work and died working. So we think about it. And then on the Sunday, the Sunday uh, before Slave Remembrance Day in the churches across the country. There's a ceremony that we have that requires uh, someone to talk about the horrors. And after each horror, the, that person would say, 
we must, and the audience would say, always remember. And when you conclude your moment of silent solemnity, you conclude it with, we must always remember. We have a duty, responsibility, and obligation to those who suffered to never forget, and we should always remember. That, that is our mantra. Always remember what happened. Now, there are people who don't want us to do this. In the state of Texas, they passed a law that literally can prevent you from teaching slavery in school. So if we don't do this, we could find ourselves with the inability to talk about the most horrible thing that happened to people in history, and that was slavery. Right. And so uh, let I, us I now. Let me, let me let me be let me make, let me go back to where you began. Mm-hmm. There are various remembrance days, like you said, nine um, eleven. Yes. People get together, yes. and 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 the Holocaust, and and so this is just a, a, a one of several uh, remembrance days. They aren't. It's not a national holiday. It's a it's an opportunity no. for people to learn and and be educated. Um, now, help help folk understand the process. Uh, do you have to get do you have to get so many? Do you put it in the form of a bill, and you have to get so many sponsors, and then there has to be a vote, and does it have to go through both houses, and then eventually be signed by the president? Yes, sir. You explained it very well. And if you would give me one liberty, uh, Joe, I said the most horrible thing. Let me sh- share this with you. All of horrific acts are horrible in, in in a specific way. I don't want to say that this is the most horrible thing because what happened to the indigenous population was right, horrible right. too. So so I don't want to get caught in saying, well, my we suffered more than somebody else. That's not the issue. No. Their suffering we have to acknowledge as well. And we only ask that our suffering be acknowledged. Now, with reference to your question, yes, we passed the resolution in the House. It's a joint resolution. That means that the House and the Senate are both taking it up. And uh, Congress, uh, pardon me, Senator Elizabeth Warren has it in the Senate. So we're going to work our resolution through the House to get it passed, and it can pass with a majority vote in the House. And then in the Senate, uh, she is going to work to get it passed. And unfortunately, we still are uh, strapped with the filibuster rule and having to get uh, 60 votes before we can pass it with wow. 51 votes. But so, uh, we still so you still got that filibuster. So this filibuster rule still applies, even with this yes. proposed resolution. Yes, it does. And wow. uh, I, I'm pleased that you have accentuated it as you have, because many people think that it only applies to certain things, civil rights legislation, or to what we're trying to do in justice and policing. But it's holding up the entire agenda, the entire agenda. Anything that we want to do, we're, we're strapped with that, except for judges, except for judges, and except for those things that have been carved out uh, for what they call, or we call in, that, in this sense, mm-hmm. reconciliation. Mm-hmm. For those things, but uh, it holds up the entire agenda. The Build Back Better is held up, but it's not just the Build Back Better. That's what's been held up, and it's a large piece of legislation. It's a great piece of legislation. Three- and four-year-old babies will have universal pre-K. What better thing could we have in this country? Four- and three-year-old babies? Everybody gets the same start in life. You don't have to have a head start for some. You have the same start for everybody. But, yes, you're eminently correct. We're still having to deal with the filibuster. Wow. Finally, let me ask you about we spent the first couple hours uh, of, the, of our morning 
looking at this uh, issue as it relates to the convoy of truckers uh, the, the up in Canada and now the you know Detroit border, the Windsor Detroit border. I'd just like to get your uh, response, uh, uh, Congressman Green, um, and yeah, as I'm, to uh, as to how you see what's being played out. I absolutely, without question, reservation, hesitation, or equivocation, support their right to protest. That's what protestation is about. It's, it's about getting in the way. You've heard uh, the Honorable John Lewis express it. You got to get in the way now. I don't have to agree with what they are doing because I, I don't believe that anyone would agree with all that I do. I've protested and I've gone to jail for it. But here's the key thing about protesting, and Dr. King was a living example. When you protest for a righteous cause and there are consequences, you've got to be willing to suffer the consequences. Dr. King went to jail for a righteous cause and wrote one of the greatest pieces of literature you'll ever read, the letter from the Birmingham jail. But it was a righteous cause, and he was willing to suffer the consequences. When I have protested, I have been willing to suffer the consequences. Gone to jail with John Lewis twice, protesting, suffering the consequences. So I support their right to protest. Uh, Don't have to agree with their cause, but support their right to protest. If we ever decide that we're going to oppose the rights of some to protest, we have just opposed our own right to protest. So we have to pro- protect that right to protest. That's as American as the pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock, as it is said. And their calls. And their calls. Yeah, and they, and they, do, you, they, do you support their calls? No, I, I don't support their calls in this sense. Uh, I'm not sure that I understand it entirely, so I have to be very careful about uh, taking uh, a, a firm position. Uh, the little that I understand about the cause is that it has to do with the mask mandate. Now, that's yeah, they the don't want. They don't. The cause is they do not want to be required to wear a mask or to be vaccinated as as drivers. Yeah. Well, I, I do not support a cause that will allow some people to perpetrate harm on other people. These masks, in my opinion, have served a meaningful purpose. There are some who differ with me on it. But I think that the opportunity to require the mask is something that I support. I I still wear my mask. Uh, I try to protect my staff. I want to protect them from me. And they then wear the mask, and they protect me uh, from them. And we've had had persons who uh, contract the disease, and we've had persons who to suffer. So we have to be very careful. So, no, I don't support the cause as I understand it, but I do support the right for them to protest their cause. I don't have to agree with their cause to support their right to protest. And I, I okay. do not agree with the cause as I understand it. Um, and, and finally, uh, this audience, my audience, uh, they can support this resolution. Um, yes, sir. To, uh, by, by what, contacting their, their members of Congress it's both in the Senate and the House to have them sign on to the resolution. It, it, it's in the form of a bill right now. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is. And okay. yes, sir. Uh, again, your own part on part point. May I, may I just uh, mention one additional thing, please? And yes. I, I promise I won't get into it if you choose not to. 
But this uh, appointment of a black woman to the Supreme Court. Please, go uh, there's ahead. An yes. argument, yeah. yeah, there's an argument that we have to make. As people, there are many people, not all, who take great pleasure in talking about the qualifications of black people. And they take great pleasure, it seems, not all, but some. They take great pleasure in saying that uh, this somehow will, will taint the person who might get the position. So let me just share this with you quickly. Uh, there have been 45 presidents of the United States, not one of them a woman, zero. The Senate of the United States was established in 1789. That's over 232 years ago. We have had 1,944 senators. 1,857 of them have been white men. Now, why did I mention this? Because what we have had has been a circumstance where a white man nominates another white man, and we've had white men to approve that. We have had the good old boys club in its most um, horrific way functioning against people of over 232 years. Not one black woman ever appointed to the Supreme Court have had 115 justices. And by the way, those people who talk about how they're not qualified by virtue of not having um, a, uh, a degree, the, there's something that we ought to know, and it's this, that of those that served, over 40 of them have not been lawyers, and five of them didn't have an undergraduate degree, nor did they have a law degree. Now, so, now let me make sure I want people to slow, let's slow, let me slow you down there for a minute. So, And, and I've okay. said this to people, they, they, and I had folks tell me I was crazy. There have been 40 men who have sat oh, on oh, the United oh. States Supreme Court that right. have that were not lawyers. That's right. And then how many didn't have a law degree? Five, got no forty without a, over forty without a law degree, and five with no law degree and no undergraduate degree. <laughs> not even yes, an undergraduate. But look, look, people think, yeah, Joe. Look, they not only do they think we're crazy, but let me tell you something else. They, that, this truth is something that you won't see me on many stations talking about because there is a kind of a uh, there's a discomfort that people feel yeah. if we turn the table and talk about the inadequacies right. of others. It's okay to discuss our lack of qualifications. But when you turn the table and you point out these kinds of statistics, you don't hear that published. And oh, there's, no. a, there's a level of discomfort that people can't tolerate. So this is why I, I'm proud to be associated with you, a free man who can speak freely. Not everybody can speak freely. Uh, I, I'm proud to say that I am a, a liberated person. I'm free. I'm unbought, I'm unbossed, and I'm unafraid. All right, and we'll end it there. Congressman Al Green, thank you so much. Thank you for the history thank lesson. Thank you for, uh, which, by the way, from the beginning to the end, because this is what the resolution it would be about. It, you yes, know, sir. to let us look at the history, uh, both, uh, by the way, what, you know, and the, the impact that it had. And thank you for even uh, weighing in on the uh, other issues. And I promise we'll uh, we'll talk again. And anytime you've got something we need to uh, be part of, uh, as I always tell people, this is my show is radioactive because after all the yes. talking's done, what are you going to do about it? And everybody can do yes, something. Sir. Congressman Al Green, thank you very much. Appreciate it, and we'll talk again. Well, thank you, Freedom Fighter. Thank you, Freedom Fighter. God bless. We'll continue here with Madison here on Sirius XM 
Urban Views. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.